Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. And we're back with another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Poole, what's happening with you today? We thought we had a guest. Guest went up having a different schedule, so we said, you know what? You and I have had a lot going on here lately. We'll just kind of do a, a Jake and Jeremy show and see where that takes us you know then the to to compound on that my my little buddy wound up with the testing positive for the covid so i'm not allowed to go home for the next you're like 10 in the, days you're actually living living in the outdoor country talk studios well tonight or today we are recording from the outdoor country talk studio slash my current living room so <laughs> Feeling right at home today. Yeah, I sent uh, sent Cam a picture of. She said, "Daddy, are you sleeping up there?" So I sent her a picture of the air mattress in the room. She said, "Oh, oh, yeah. you're not kidding, are you?" I'm like, "No, baby. It's like a camp out." Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad camp out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff no. in here right now so, since we are the Delta Southwest Mississippi Delta Waterfowl's headquarters for the. I was about to say, it's not only the Outdoor Country Talk Studios, it's not only Jacob's Master Pad right now, it's also the headquarters for Delta Waterfowl. You know, we had our draw another night that we did on Facebook Live and had 11 winners, gave away all of our packages, and that turned out great, man. It's, uh, it's, it went good. We, we sold almost all of our tickets and raised a good bit of money for Delta, for our chapter, for our kids' event. I know we talked, Franz and I talked about that a little bit while we were on on the Facebook Live the other night. But, yeah, that went well. And, and thanks to everyone. If y'all listen, if you, some of our supporters for that listen to this, thank y'all for, for that support and, and helping helping us with that as we've, I know, say, been struggling. But, you know, with with 2020, you know, throwing a throwing a kink in, in our normal plans. But everything uh, everything's been working out good. Well, you know, the way we were talking about it the other day, when when you and I and Franz were discussing doing the live, I was in Arkansas on a hunt. I told y'all, I said, look, I may be able to make it down. I may not. Well, it turned out about 10 minutes after I got off the phone with you last, saying I wasn't sure if I was going to make it back in in time, Luke got diagnosed with the COVID. So I had been around him several days before before i left arkansas but i thought i was clear but it was like you know what i'm gonna stay clear of everybody for a little while there you go just just a precautionary method so uh or so my thought process on me hurrying back that put the brakes on me hurrying anywhere i know that hurts your feelings well, I had to being that you being that you had to hunt a couple extra days i had to stay up there and hunt an extra day and I told Toot this weekend, you know, opening opening youth weekend is this weekend. Not sure when this will air, but anyway, when we're we're doing this one, that uh, youth weekend's about to open for deer season. You know, she wanted to hunt, and it was like, well, do you want a duck hunt or do you want a deer hunt? We could, we might be able to work out something and go somewhere else, disappear for a few days. But she does have school Monday because she was not around. Our little patient at the time, but my bride and, right. uh, and the other two are at the house. And let's just say the uh, it has worn off. 
I've been out in the yard working and out in the field working because I didn't, I hadn't been cleared to go back to the office yet. So, right. They've been, uh, they've been looking at me through the window like little puppies at a pet store. <laughs> Tiffany texted me oh, yesterday man. and said that Lydia had just about licked the window, you know, sitting there staring out the window at me working and doing stuff. And I got some barbed wire wrapped around the rear axle of my buggy. Yesterday, while I was trying to burn that field in front, yeah, had to pull the wheel and the bearings and everything off to get all the barbed wire because it had really wrapped around down in there as well as it could. And Tiffany Tech said, well, Lydia really wished she could come out there and help you right now. I said, if Lydia comes out here right now, she might <laughs> learn some new words that I can't unlearn for her. So it's probably best probably to keep one of her those, inside. One of those projects is put her off with no help. Yes. Especially no help that's not real help. Uh, you know, the watchers. Right, right. If you have hands-on good help, that's always welcome. But watchers are not always welcome during certain projects. And then it, it's a good learning because I learned a lot of things over the years with, with daddy and uncles and different people. Kind of learning what how to do something or sometimes learning how not to do something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Well, I know you'd be pleased to hear that. So my hunting has, hadn't really been that productive this year, but we did get food pots planted. We got our new boss buck gravity feeder up. And so, you know, the fine folks at GSM sent us some stuff to use this hunting season. And one of them was the plot mix, the new, um, the new, uh, boss blend, no teal plot mix. So, I planted about an acre and a half like I usually do behind my parents' house. And then since this was a no-till, I let everything else, we planted it, top-dressed everything. And so I went back with this boss blend and just threw it on top, about a 50-yard by 50-yard area. And, man, that stuff is looking great. I, I can't remember exactly what all was in it, but it is uh, it is looking good. If somebody's looking for something just to throw out there, it's a no-till blend that you can just throw on top of the ground, maybe a hard area to get to with some equipment. That stuff is looking great. It's probably outperforming the other stuff that I've, that I put out, but you know, have, have you had a chance to put yours out yet? I have not, but I do know that we have a bag or two of that, that we are going to do a giveaway on here before long. So sweet. Anybody listening, be, if you check on Facebook or Instagram, just keep your eyes out and, we will get that out. Now, I guess we need to go ahead and do that pretty quick before it's next season, before someone needs it. Yeah. Yeah, I bet somebody would like to have it here pretty quick. Especially if they just want, like you say, just top dress it, just something a little extra to throw on top, or, you know, if you, you're just now getting your plot set up. That's right. Or doing or maybe, later maybe, plots you know, waiting on too wet, too wet to get in there to an area, you know, earlier in the year, as, as we've been having a pretty good bit of tropical weather here lately and stuff like that if it's just a spot you couldn't get to man just throw this stuff out there and it'll it'll take off i mean i didn't i didn't touch i threw the seed out and left it and went back today and man it's looking it's looking great it's probably outperforming everything else i've put in well you know for all the tropical weather we've had it is bone dry around my house man it It is is. dusty 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 i know i got ryegrass planted and I don't think it's had, but maybe an inch or so of rain on it since we got it up. Well, luckily where I got everything planted, 
it's in a bottom. You know where it is back there. Mm-hmm. We, we've turkey hunted for, and it slopes off down in that bottom. So it always is, is, I always have a good plot back there. And it doesn't get that dry versus everything else. And, and it's just, it's looking good back there. Good. Maybe them boys will get them something back in there. Well, we definitely going to give it a shot. We are that. But anyway, you've, you've been doing a little bit of hunting. I know, contrary to what I've been doing, you've been doing a little bit of hunting here. You know how you get like to travel out and about. You've been to some areas, I guess you really hadn't been before, especially one area where you got to do some duck hunting already, right? Yeah, I had the opportunity, came across a, a little online auction. Delta Waterfowl did an online auction back in May. And they offered the opportunity to go to Utah for two people. Well, I bid on the hunt and nobody else bid on it. And I, I bid the lowest minimum bid, you know, what they had on the, on the page. And when nobody else bid on it, I said, Ooh, Ooh, is that good or is that bad? You know, I mean, usually if nobody else bids on the item, that's, that's kind of a telltale sign that maybe, but I can tell you this, it was worth every penny, which it was, a, it was a very reasonable deal and it went to a great organization, but good friend of ours here won't, won't call his name. Uh, we went, flew up to, to Utah, a very reasonable plane, plane, plane flight was $196. And now folks, if any of you have not traveled lately, the, the rural area that I live in, that Jeremy lives in, the COVID stuff has been, Jeremy, would you say, you know, it's been kind of minuscule, you know what I mean? There's some yeah. stores that require you to wear a mask, but not everybody. But I, yeah, we get to the airport and of course you've got to have one on. That's a, the day that we flew to Utah was the longest I have worn one the entire time added up during all the COVID stuff. Just nobody around here, you know, I mean, we're, we're out in the country, so nobody really cares. Well, you got to wear a mask the whole time. Well, we get checked in, get guns and stuff checked in, sitting in the airport and we get on the first plane get out, get lined up, and we get lined up, and they tell us that there's a 30-minute delay because traffic's backed up in Dallas. You know, got too many planes trying to land. We're just going to sit on the tarmac in Baton Rouge. Well, you know, you've been hearing all this about, you know, the airlines are going down, you know, you know, uh, not not down, but the, the, the prices of stock, you know, they're losing money. Right. Well, apparently they weren't that day because there was enough planes landing in Dallas. It looked like a... And that, was, that was probably D- DFW, right? That's correct. Yeah. We Common finally theme for DFW. We finally get to take off, and thank goodness, in between flights, we had a little bit of a layover, so we had plenty of time. We hustled on down, caught the next flight, made it out, and arrive in Utah. We meet Mr. Jeff Adams, who we're going to have on. He's the RD there in Delta, at Delta Waterfowl for Utah, Colorado, California. He covers about four or either five states worth of chapters. Big, big territory. So was Jeff, was he represented as like the guide for this hunt when y'all bought it? Yes. Him and another gentleman who's one of his chapter guys who, who does a lot of hunting and has a really awesome airboat. And we're, we're going to do a podcast with him in the next couple of weeks also because he was just a really unique guy, you know, getting a visit with him and stuff and, and the time and the 
the energy that he has put into the boat that he had built. Uh, I know I've posted several pictures of it, but man, it was built like a tank. It is not built like what I think of when I think of airboat down in South Louisiana. This is built to right. run on ice during the winter time. Wow. What they do during the winter, all the fresh water around the Great Salt Lakes, where the fresh water is coming into the Great Salt Lake, it all freezes. Well, the salt water with the salinity does not freeze. So they run the boats out on ice across to get to the water. And he said, man, he said it's only open water in the country, so every duck in the country's there. I'm like, hmm, okay, I need to come back for this. But So so he wasn't really talking about this time of the year, talking about later in the year when everything gets frozen, Later in right? the year, but he could run that boat. When I stepped out of the boat, I asked him, I said, you know, I mean, I'm looking, I can see the water shallow. I said, well, how deep do you reckon it is? When I stepped out, even in the mud, it wasn't over top of my boot. So half inch huh. to an inch of water at best. And we had run all the way wow. back in there just as fast as he wanted to go. I think he said that thing was pushing almost 600 horsepower. It, it was an amazing boat. And he actually, he's an engineer, so he actually engineered it and, and had somebody custom build it for him. So, I mean, a really, really neat, neat guy, neat, neat craft altogether. But we land in Utah, get our rental car, get all that stuff straight, get out. Well, Jeff meets us at a little burger joint there, and I'm, I hate, I hate to say it, I can't remember the name of the burger joint, but it's very popular there in Utah. Nothing that we have here. It's, it's not a, a water burger or a Wendy's or a Ward's or anything like what we normally have. Good burger. We head out. Well, he had a public land place that we could hunt with his mud boat when we first got there. So we went and gave it a try and did a layout boat hunt, which I've done a couple down in Louisiana, but had never had the opportunity to quite hunt out of what. Imagine a layout blind that floats. So you're cramped down in this. You got decoys all around you. Bump a call, don't bump a call. Up there, the, the ducks really didn't. You didn't really have to call at them. I mean, they they wanted to land where other ducks were. So as long as you were st- still and quiet, it was it was a pretty good show. But that af- that afternoon really didn't have a lot of luck. There was a couple other guys hunting near, and every time I got something that wanted to work a little bit, you know, somebody else would shoot normal public land hunting. I mean, it just just was yeah. what it was. Well, the guy that was with me was sitting with Jeff in the boat over to the side and. They had said that on every 45 minutes, we would rotate. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm laid out in a boat. and Just rotate it, spots of where you were sitting? Well, it was only, they only had one little layout boat. So uh, 100 okay. at a rotate getting out of here. Yeah, 100 at a time could hunt out of the boat. Well, I wait and 45 minutes passes. So I called real quick and said, hey, look, my 45 minutes is up. You know, go ahead and bring him in. Well, I could hear the other guy in the background say, hey, I'm comfortable. Just leave him where he's at. So I wound up doing about three and a half hours in the layout boat instead of uh, oh, uh instead of my 45 minutes. But like I say, got, got a few shots, had a couple chances at some distant birds, but nothing really wanted to work. So so not really a, a successful outing, but we had a good time. Got to try something new, something different. You know me, I like an adventure. So we get to the hotel there after the hunt and dude when i tell you everybody is masked up gloved up 
Well, we walk in, get our little stuff done, and at the airport it was a requirement. Everybody else, it was a kind of optional about whether you wore it or not. So we chose just not to wear one. You would have thought we had the blue bonnet plague. And I guess, you know, I mean, it's it's not a good thing to COVID, but no one got within 10 feet of us if you didn't have a mask on. Plus, Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I didn't really mind. I was like, man, you know, I kind of <laughs> like this. But, you know, my normal dress attire, I've got on shorts and rubber boots and camouflage. And the funny looks that we got were just, you know, I mean, it, it was just one of those that, like, man, I'm not sure, you know, now you know how a, the freak at the carnival feels like, you know, the the three-eyed lady or whatever is kind of awful a bit. But we get up Saturday morning, not Saturday morning, Friday morning. I went in on Thursday, get in on Friday morning. Um, Jeff didn't have us a hunt, really. We were going to hunt with the guy with the airboat that evening. He said, hey, look, he said, Willard Peak is right here, about 15 miles away. He said, do y'all want to take four-wheelers and go ride to the top of it? He said, it's one of our mountains here. He said, but it's got a great viewing area up there. And he said, you can really kind of see, overlook the area where we're going to be duck hunting over the next couple of days. Like, sure, we don't have a hunt to go on. Let's go try it. So we went on an hour-long four-wheeler ride up this mountain. Now, an hour-long four-wheeler ride is a pretty good ride. Yeah. When you have one destination in mind. I mean, we weren't stopping and hanging out. We weren't, you know, you'd stop every once in a while, take a picture real quick of a pretty view and, and haul booty again. And, I mean, I had that thing skint back. I was on a little Honda Rancher to, I'm going to say a 400, and I had that little jewel gap back. You could you could come around the curves. You could see where they had the little, little where somebody had been doing fast turns. So I'd swing up it, had it skidded around. When we got to the top, they were like, what were you doing? Man, I may be old, but I ain't that old. I ain't tinker-tottering around this thing. But, man, we got to the top, and it was. He, he was right. The views up there were absolutely gorgeous. Like so, nine, so what was, nine, what was the weather like up there as far as temperature-wise and stuff? 38 degrees up to 50. I think 38 okay, was our so low. It wasn't bad. Wasn't that, wasn't that bad? No, it was good short weather. Great, great trip, great. We got to the top, and we're taking some pictures, and Jeff wanted to know if we wanted to do this or go hike over here and look at that. And it's like, dude, what time we got to meet that airboat guy? Because uh, I, I would much rather, so needless to say, we bookied it down the, down the mountain and got us a little bite to eat real quick, and then we went and met with Rod. And I got to call him Hot Rod or Captain Rod. But we... When we got on his airboat, you know, we did our brief introductions and we got on the boat and got headed out. I've posted a couple of the videos, but the videos really didn't do it any justice. We jumped thousands of ducks up going to where we were going to hunt. And when we finally stopped, he, he stopped and he was telling us something. And I'm like, all right, quick question, just as a duck hunter. Why did we just pass all the spots we passed going to where we're going? He said, ah, he said, those ducks, they ain't, they ain't worth fooling with. He said, we're going back here where the mallards are. And I thought he was kidding. So what, what did y'all pass up? Cooch, gray was ducks, spoonies. or? Cooch, gray ducks, spoonies, teal, some green winged teal, a few mallards. 
but he yeah. had a spot in the back where some cattails and some little holes that he said, this is, this is a spot we want to go to. Okay. You know, I mean, gotcha. I'm, I'm just saying we, we, we passed all kind of birds back there that <laughs> I'm thinking we could have, you know, pulled over and set up real quick. May have had a real good chance at them, but you, you the man. So let's go. And was he ever right? We got laid out in these little coffin blinds, which is a little plastic tub blind. No brush. We're just laid down in them. We're in grass about knee high. Not really well covered if you're looking down. If you're looking across flat, you, it, we were hard to see, but, you know, looking down, and I'm like, do we have any fast grass, or are we going to cut some brush and kind of throw in these things, brush up around the edges or something? He's like, nah, you don't need it. Okay. Well, once again, it's your show. So he was right. That's, that's just what you call being on X. Being on X and being in, he said it at one <laughs> point. He said, you have to remember these ducks haven't seen people yet. So they didn't call a lot. I grabbed a call and called a little bit just to turn some that were a little further out. And they were like, oh man, we, we like when you do that. Uh, and apparently the ducks do too, but. They just didn't call because they didn't have to. You put out two yeah. mojos and a couple dozen decoys and sit still. And dude, it was, it was pair after pair just turning around and coming, you know, just piling in. Do you in think on. that's what, you know, when we talked to John Devney a month or so ago, do you think those were what he was referring to as young, dumb ducks? I think that fell all over that category. <laughs> I think that's what they were. Uh, well, the first afternoon, we killed really nothing but mallards, a couple of gray ducks and, and mallards. The second afternoon when we came back, we swapped locations, moved a couple hundred yards to the left, a little bit over where a, a bigger concentration of ducks were sitting at, and it was all teal and pintails. And it was like, okay, we we didn't move 400 yards, but I guess going from the grassy area to a little bit less grassy area, yeah, you know, where there wasn't as many cattails, wasn't as much grass, more of an open water type setup. Man, the, the, the way that you could still see mallards flying back to where we were the day before, but they just weren't flying where we were. But we had the teal coming in, flipping upside down, doing the whole show. And it was like, Oh, oh, this is fine. I don't, uh, I, I don't know who came up with this, but I like this idea. So no, we, we had two days of, of hunting in Utah, was able to get in on four hunts. Actually, let me take it back three days while we were there. We landed, got in on a hunt that afternoon, got in on a hunt that next afternoon. We did a quick morning hunt on some public land with Jeff again on a, on his little mud boat deal. Not really, didn't really do much there. Got to kind of see some different stuff and different setups of how they'd like to do things. And and then the next day we were able to get that fourth hunt in. So, yeah, we, we were able to wind up easing four hunts in. Had two really good, two really good hunts and two okay hunts, but a, a, a great trip. I mean, the people up there were as nice as they could be. The views, man, you want to talk about one of the prettiest places I've been in a long time? The mountains, the sunsets, the sunrises, I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous up there. And the amount of birds that were there were just just amazing. 
So was it was their was their duck season just starting, or they've been hunting a little while? They had been going for several weeks while we were there. Okay. Matter of fact, they they, were they must about, start up kind of when the Dakotas do. Yes. Well, you okay. know, that's a twenty six, twenty seven hour ride from here. Uh, the plane flight yeah. was not bad. It was you know, six, seven hours of flying time. And I think right. the cost, like I say, it was under two hundred dollars. I want to say it was one ninety six was the cost of flight. Round Man, trip. Can't beat that. No, no. I've already looked at booking another one for January to go back and play with them on the ice, and it's same price. I think two oh two is what I looked at yesterday. So did you did you get to kill anything you had never killed before? Or it was it was pretty usual species. I did not. It was everything that we took up there. Now I think. The guy that went with me, he got a widgeon. I don't think he'd ever had the opportunity to kill a widgeon. Uh, yeah. I want to say that was the only thing that. Now, I will say this. Probably had never killed. I did have the opportunity to pop an old coot while I was there. He Come came, on. He came swimming up, and I told Jeff I just couldn't help it. You know, like, <laughs> since we saw that study a while back where the coots, you know, will just decimate a. a yeah. Duck nest. I, I feel obligated to if one of them gets close enough to go part. ahead and do my part. So I made sure I took one picture where the ducks that we had, I had him in the very front of the strap. But no, I don't think anybody <laughs> even commented on that. You know, what do you, what is that greasy looking thing you have in the front? I don't even think I saw it. I may not have posted it yet. I may need to. I'll have to go back and look yeah. to see if I posted. I may have missed it, but yeah, I've got a strap with. Five or six ducks on it. And see, you could kill seven up there per man. So, How many mallards? Four. Four? Okay, so nothing four changes five. with that. Maybe five. I don't know if Jeff was, Jeff was keeping up count what we could actually take or not take. I was about to say, well, it was a good thing you wasn't the one having to worry about keeping well, count. Well, no, I had it in my head <laughs> while I was there, but I've already swapped states again, so I... Uh-huh. You know, when not in, when not in the area, I let it slide again. No, I had checked all the regulations before, just to make sure. But I, I'm, I've got five in my head for some reason. But if you go hunt Utah, look at the regulations because I'm not, I'm not gonna swear either way go. right this moment. Don't take fool's word for it. No, but the, <laughs> you know, we had a great time. We had great visit. Now, one of the funny things that happened, we were at a restaurant up there in having dinner, you know, had ordered a hamburger steak and got a little nice little waitress. And, you know, of course she had to ask us. We're wearing camouflage. We're the only people in the restaurant wearing camouflage. She said, are y'all up here hunting? Yes, ma'am. She said, well, you're not from here. No, ma'am, clearly not. I I talk a little different than y'all do. And she said, well, what are you in Utah for? I said, we're up here duck hunting. I said, but y'all have some of the most beautiful country in the world. She said, are you talking about Utah? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, "Uh uh-uh. She said, there's nothing here that's, well, I pulled my phone out and went showing her some of the sites that we had seen while we were there. And she said, are you sure that's Utah? It's like, yes, ma'am. That's right outside your door. She's like, uh-uh. Like, ma'am, you may want to get out of town just a little bit, get outside. I said, you know, we're talking about 15 minutes from here. Is this last picture of a sunset where the sun's, you know, reflecting off the mountains and you, you couldn't ask for a prettier sight. And she was shocked, and it was like, <laughs> you know, the, some of this younger generation is just missing the whole, 
the whole the whole I guess you could say the whole world's passing on by. Yeah. But Well, that's probably the same thing down here. I mean people come in and probably, you know, are amazed by what they see here and it's just everyday stuff for us. Well, living in different areas and traveling all the places that I've traveled, getting into an area where you can see for miles at a time still just astounds me. You know, here you can't see, you know, no. a big farm, you know, big fields or something, especially down in Amick County, you're going to see pine trees or oak trees. Yeah, if you got a, like, you know, just saying, talk about some people that shoot rifles, you know, a lot of people, oh, I need one to shoot 500 yards. If you got a place you can see 500 yards in Amick <laughs> County, it's rare. You're down a pipeline <laughs> or power line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 150, 200 yard shot. That's, that's airing one out around here. You just, the way our terrain is and, you know, with the trees we have, you just don't normally have that kind of shot. No, I know of one long range in this area that you can shoot a thousand yards and it's, it's down a power line. I mean, it's, and that's the only yep. reason that you can, you can do it. I say a power line, either power line or pipeline, maybe a pipeline. Right. But anyway, that's the only reason there is a straight line for that long of a distance. And you have to sit on one one hill to shoot either down the hill or up to the top of the next hill. That's the reason it gets the distance it does. You know, That's it's right. Nothing, you it's can't nothing flat. The and get that. <laughs> but on that the marsh that we were at in Utah, I mean, you're looking before you see the mountain, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look it far away. And then 30 minutes later, you're on an airboat ride doing 30 miles an hour, and you're still not there. Like, okay, well, that's a little further than I thought it was. It's just different. You know, you go up north, being in Nebraska and Kansas and stuff, trying to turkey hunt. I take a rangefinder with me each and every time because I can't judge distance out there. When I think something's 50 yards, it's 90 yards. You just can't tell. Right. You know, here I can go 10, 20, 30, and I'm guesstimating 40. You know, I can guess pretty good. For some mm-hmm. reason up there, with it being so wide open, I just can't do it. Um it just doesn't work yeah. that well for me. But going back well, to I guess Utah, shifting, shifting gears a little bit, it um you come home for a little while and then you take right back out to our neighboring state of Arkansas, don't you? Well, hold on, before we get off of Utah, let me tell this little. Okay, plane. all right. We, we get to coming back, and on the plane flight back, we're, we're coming back in. We're about to land in a Baton Rouge, so you know we've got a we've got a more local group that's uh handling the airplane for us so the stewardess and stuff on it well the pilot comes over and he's you know hey we are beginning our descent you know go ahead and get your stuff stowed away if you need to make any last minute whatever's well i said you know what i'm gonna run to the restroom real fast well i unbuckle and i shuffle down the back row you know down the airplane and i get to the back and the bathroom's normally to the left on a lot of planes. Well, this one's not. Well, I look in there. I don't see one. But there's a stewardess sitting there. And I said, ma'am, do y'all have a restroom? She said, we are about to land. I said, well, ma'am, the pilot just came over to the thing. I said, he's, you know, he said we had a few minutes. You know, no landing gears come out. You know, we're, we're pretty good. And she said, we are about to land. I said, ma'am, I plan to be quick. Where's the restroom? Well, she opens this little <laughs> closet door that she's sitting basically in front of. And she looked at me and she said, you better be quick. And I couldn't help it. You know how I am. I looked at her real serious and, you know, I've got my mask on. So all she can see is my eyes and my hat. 
And I said, ma'am, don't worry. I've been practicing. <laughs> when I said I've been practicing, she had her mask down and the look on her face was just, I think it actually hit her that, you know, we were having a conversation about going to the restroom. But the I, guy, how fast you were going to be. <laughs> the poor guy that was sitting right by the bathroom, he just about spit his food out. So I run in there, go to the restroom real quick. I come out. And he grabs me as I walk by and he said, dude, he said, all I know is that's the funniest thing I have heard in a long time. He said, I was eavesdropping on y'all's conversation. He said, she was kind of being rude. He said, but when you told her you'd been practicing, don't worry. He said, I could not. I said, well, I saw you about spit your drink all over the people in front of you. He said, man, he said, that had me tickled. So we, <laughs> we finally get landed. We, we get all our stuff together come home and I land, you know, we get here at two o'clock, two thirty, something like that. Well, it was just enough time that I knew if I took a nap, I was going to be up all night long. So I said, well, we're going to go see if we can't shoot a deer. So I eased off, got in a bow stand and had that monstrous sow come out in front of me and got the opportunity to use that DK4 broadhead that GSM sent to us. And if you don't believe that thing will do damage, go back and look at the photos. That thing hit that, oh, that sow thing, at 30 that yards. Wrecked, wrecked that 30 yards, a sow over 200 pounds, and it cut a two and three quarter inch gash on the side that it hit her and came all the way through the other side. Now, the arrow did not pass all the way through because it hit a rib bone in there and and wedged up. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you, did you get a pass through on that? So you got a partial pass through. I got a partial but, pass through, but it looked like you had poured blood out of a bucket, blood trailing her. You know, I called our, our buddy with uh, Big Jeff, and I said, hey, man, do you have anybody that wants a blood trailer pig? I said, send them over here. I'll film it, and we'll, you know, I'll give you the film and stuff, and, you know, we'll post it on our site, too. Right. He said, well, hold on. He said, did you see her go down? I said, I'm looking at her. I mean, she ain't run 60 yards. I can see her through the woods. He said, is she dead? I said, oh, yeah, she ain't moved in the last five minutes. She's she's gone. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to sit up here for about 20 more minutes, then I'm going to get down. And I got a guy already that uh, had hit me up because I had dropped the trap on my pigs in, at Mama's from Utah. Laying in bed that night, my alarm went off. I get to look and I've got seven hogs in the trap at Mama's. And I'm like, you know, I'm in Utah, but surely I got some buddies that'll run by and shoot the pigs. Uh, you know, I'll fool with them tomorrow. <laughs> no big deal. Well, needless to say, I message all of y'all and none of y'all could had time to go fool with them. So I got up with Uncle Allen and him and Hayden went over and handled that for me. Well, I had a guy message me that afternoon and said, Hey, what'd you do with those pigs? I said, we just shot them. They're still in the trap. I'm going to get them when I get home. I want them. I said, you want them? I said, they've been laying there a couple hours. He said, I want them. He said, my, my girlfriend likes them. We're going, we're going to clean them and we're going to have steaks and we're going, we, 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 we will use every bit of the meat. I said, good deal. Well, come to find out they had laid there a little bit too long and he wasn't able to use it. But he told me, he said, if you get another one, I want it. Well, when I got that big sow, I called him and he said, man, get her to the house. And he said, I'm on my way. We'll come get her. So we went ahead and, and gutted her and got her cleaned up and stuff, and he took her with him. But I was able to take some pictures for GSM or for NAP, actually. And 
their marketing person used them on on their site the other night or other day and really that that broadhead did a lot of bad stuff now i launched an arrow at a bobcat today at 40 yards and he jumped up and sideways to get out of the way of that arrow because had he sat there had he sat there scratching just a second more I'd have me a bobcat in the freezer going to the taxidermist because he was a big dude. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those times. I, I rarely wish I had a rifle when I had my bow in my hand, but today I wish I had a rifle because I'd have popped him. Mm-hmm. No telling how many turkey nests he has wrecked. Oh, I guarantee you. Or cost some poles. But. No doubt. Yeah, you had asked about Arkansas. Um yeah, I was going to say, we're getting kind of on the back end of the show here. Tell us a little bit about how the white-fronted goose hunting has been. Oh, we was chasing them speckle-bellied geese. Early Why ain't they white-fronted? Sometimes. Them juvie ones I think they're considered white-fronted geese. I believe you're right. Anyway, tell us about the speck hunting. A friend of mine over in Arkansas had called. We were talking, and he's over there guiding right now for an outfitter. And... Him and another guy that I know real well, and they said, "Man, you know, won't you come over and do something with us?" Okay, I said, "I think I can squeeze that in." So, got to looking at schedule and had a couple of days where I could ease over. Well, in the meantime, he texts back and said, "Hey, would you mind bringing your camera gear? You know, come and try to film." And I said, "Well, look, you know the deal. Either I can film or I can hunt. I can't do both things at once." He said, that's fine. He said, if you want to film a couple of hunts, you know, we'll, we'll do that. And then we'll let you hunt a couple of times. So we made a trade out and had a, had a great time with it and had a awesome four hunts. I filmed two hunts and got to hunt on two hunts. And I think we either had 11 man or nine man limit all four times, depending on which day it was and how many we had in a blind. But the first day when we got there, I set up a little blind brushed in behind where it was water in the front. They had their decoy spread out. Both of them are on each end of the blind calling. And, okay, you've heard me blow a spec call before. It's it's not that great. Them two old boys can run one. They they had it down and to a science, I believe. But they were they were in a really good location. They had plenty of geese flying over and wanting to work, so... Got to got to film and try to take pictures of eleven man limit the first day out first afternoon I was there. And what's this early what's this early season limit? Are they two, two a person? Two a person. Two a person. That's what I was thinking. It, now Arkansas now I think Louisiana's three when it opens up, and I'm not sure about Mississippi. We we'll have to double check. Yeah, that I, I think Mississippi is two, but I, yeah, I think you're right on. That. I think this, I think Louisiana's three, but I think Arkansas is like us. But they had a, a blind was really brushed in. The lodge we got to stay in was absolutely gorgeous. You know, a spectacular setup. All the conveniences of home, everything you wanted, you know, the way the the kitchen, the way they fed you, pool table set up over on the side, had a had a viewing area where you sit there and watch T V, whatever you wanted to do, ball games. Everything was just really nice. Had it had good food cooked and like I say, the the hunting was just knockout so you get you go on four hunts and you're able to limit out or watch folks you know film folks limit out each and every time that's a that's a good good time all the way around 
and, oh, and do it yeah. quick. Whether you're hunting or filming. Yeah, and we were doing it quick too. The I will say this: one of the it was awesome to watch, and you kind of you know as a as a hunter, you kind of hated to educate that many birds. But uh, we got set up that last day. We got down. I think we didn't. We needed twenty. We had ten guys in the blind. Got down to where we needed two birds. Well, get down to two birds. You're hoping for a pair come in, take them out, and you're done. No. We probably had 300 trying to land on top of us, and we needed two. Finally, two of them swung right over the blind. Pop, pop, we're done. Then everything took off, and it was like, guys, there's 298 left that are way smarter now than they were just a minute ago. <laughs> we we put an education on them real quick. But great trip. Um the only the only catch back to that was is during that trip I got a phone call. I actually stayed an extra day and got extra honey in because my bride called and said that we had we had a little man that tested positive and they had a birthday party the other day that uh, apparently I think five of them now have tested positive that were at that party. So, well, they're all young people. They ought to they ought to get cleared up pretty quick. Well, from what I could hear coming through Luke's room, I was working in the shop yesterday on something and. The amount of Fortnite or whatever it was they were in there playing that I could hear him in there laughing. Not one bit. Not even a little bit. Man, the stuff coming through that door. Oh, oh there he is. Get him. No, no, back up. No, run till you left. No. Like, like, he can't be that sick. You know, I think he had a little bit of a sore throat, a little bit of a cough, and maybe some upset stomach for the first day or so, but. That day or so has got come and gone, and he is over it now. So, oh man. Well, I know we're getting geared up. I know we've uh, been talking to some of the buddies up at the camp, and we're about to make us a a scouting weekend. Gary Wayne and I are going to go up here pretty quick and and try to get us some scouting in on some public land that, that we usually stomp around on, and, and getting geared up for that. So, man, before you know it, that's going to be right around the corner, and I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take the chains off and stop buying dirt bike gas for about two months. You think that's gonna go over well at my house? Not one bit. <laughs> the good thing about it is the racing seasons are all about done and they're not gonna start back up till around February. And so I told my wife, I said, there's gotta be some duck hunters out there that are in my situation to where they get a chance to do some duck hunting. My deer hunting has been pretty much obsolete, but there's got to be some people involved in racing that does do some duck hunting, being that there's no races scheduled until February. So, uh, so yeah, that's looking a little bit more optimistic for me of getting out there and, uh, and doing some duck hunting. Now, if I can just, you know, get it all worked out between work and, and some other stuff around the house to where I can get out there, that's going to be, I think we're going to have a good duck season. Well, now, go back there. Now, it could be that you have a lot of deer hunters that don't bow hunt and duck yeah. hunters in that. That's so, right. you know, if you're either like way. me, I'll take a win either way. Um, the kids have, they, they're wound up with softball. Little, little basketball's about to start. And when they first did the fifth grade basketball, it was going to be November 19th through December 19th. I said, okay, not a bad deal. It's all during the week. None of it was on Saturday. Well, 
I noticed the other day that it looks like the schedule is growing. Now it's in the January sum, and it's like, ooh, ooh, yeah. hold on, what, what are we, what are we <laughs> pump doing? Pump the brakes on this a little yeah, bit. <laughs> pump the brakes, slow the bus. <laughs> but you know, hey, they're only little for a little while, so that's it. And that I is have, exactly right. And like I say, hopefully this weekend we'll get Miss Cam a deer, and and we can move and try to get the other two one in the next week or so, depending on. When they get cleared up from all this stuff, and we can see if we can't get a little meat in the freezer. But I got some speck breasts in the freezer that are calling my name. I think we're going to have to do a cook in here before long. So if you've got any kind of special recipe or if you know how to really, really make them, make them right, I, let me know. I, I bet we could come up with something. Well, I am, I bet we on, can. I am all above on board, so... I got tickled. The uh, they had a young man there that was cleaning the geese for everybody, and he's back here and he's just working, just working. Walked back here and I showed him how I clean them, and he said, "Do that again." I did it again. He said, "Okay, I'm not doing that." I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, I'm just gonna brush them the way I've been brushing them." I said, "Well, you do realize if you have anybody from out of state like me, you gotta leave a wing on." He said. Sir, baby, if you're going to clean geese, if anybody's from out of state, you got to leave a wing on. He said, is that a rule? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> you got Slightly. To, you got to leave that wing on for identification. Well, Only if you get checked. <laughs> exactly. And if you get checked, it's a really nice fine is what I understand. So... Jake always, I, mine did not leave the breast till they got here. Um, yeah. I, I went ahead and finished breasting them out, got everything cleaned up. The, the dogs well, enjoyed remember, That's the, what we had to do. That's what we did whenever we went up to Missouri last year was, you know, do that. And I didn't think much about it. I think I cleaned a couple like I always do. And you reminded me of that. I was like, yeah, it may not be a bad idea. Like I say, it's only if you get checked, but according to Game of Fish, if you cross that state line, well, that's actually a federal, isn't it? When you cross state yeah, lines, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a that's, federal that's rule. That's all federal, federal regulated. Yeah, so you, you've got to leave that wing on. So, folks, if you're traveling, if you're listening to this podcast and you're traveling duck hunting, make sure you think about it. Leave a wing on. Because if you get pulled over and checked, I don't know what the penalty is, but it's a per-bird penalty. So if it's a couple hundred bucks per one, it adds up quick, especially if you got a you know three day limit on you, because you can have up to three days worth of limits in your possession, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Two, maybe I don't know. I'd have to look. Pretty sure it's three. Maybe. So if you like got, that. if you've got eighteen birds, that's a that's a nice pop per one. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, anything I know we're we're kind of about almost closing out here. Anything, uh, anything coming up here pretty quick? We need to need to Ooh. mention on. Well, I don't know when this one's going to air, but on November fourteenth, they're doing that charity skeet shoot out at Mills. Right. Um, Glad you reminded me of that. Louisiana, I forgot about it, and you you got me signed up on your team, right? I do. I do. Um, me, you, Hayden, and Uncle Allen will be on that team. Hopefully we can represent well. The 
the right. benefit is uh, for a Louisiana game warden, a, a gentleman that I actually went to high school with. I'm not going to call his name on just in case if they want trying to keep that private, but really nice fellow, really good cause. Um, yeah. Good benefit. It's a nice deal that they were able to put together and, and try to raise a little money for him. So glad we were able yeah. to participate and, and do a little bit on our part. So. Yeah, and I guess if anybody wants to get in on that or donate or be a sponsor, just catch up with uh, Chris Duck from what I can tell. I think he's pretty much getting everything together for that. Yeah, if you look on Facebook, he has posted everything, has his cell phone number right there, and it's Chris Duck, just D-U-C-K. He's a McCounty boy or man, but trying to do a nice thing for a good friend. And like I say, we're glad we were able to – going to be able to help and – participate in the event i thought i had a pig shoot lined up or pig hunt lined up for that weekend but it got bumped back so the timing on it wound up being perfect to where it bumped back i think a couple weeks and we were able to make this so yep sounds good pool sounds good to me man well i know we uh we got our delta waterfowl raffle out of the way got that done and you know, you've, you've kicked off some hunting and man, all, everything's shaping up to, to be a good hunting season. I'm ready to get out there, chase, chase a few birds around. No doubt. You know, got pig traps set, got coon traps set. <laughs> We're, may not be duck hunting like I want to right now, but, uh, getting a little bit in and we are, we are trapping. We're trying to get rid of some of these predators around, some of these things that are tearing up. I got a Cody that I've been getting pictures. It actually came on my mama's front porch and ate the cat food. And I had set one of the muddy game cameras up because we couldn't figure out what was eating it. Mama said she thought it was a dog or there was another cat in the area or a coon or, you know, I called a skunk outside of her house a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago actually now. And it is a doggone scrawny coyote that has come all the way up on her porch eating kitty cat food. Well, he messed up the other night and got in a hog trap. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it'll actually hold him in, but Mama was sitting. I think he'd probably jump out, huh? Well, Mama was sitting right there beside me. We were at one of Cam's basketball games over at McCaven, and she was like, drop the, drop the gate, drop the gate, catch that thing, Zach, drop the gate. He's going to get my little house dog. And the problem was is that I had broke the latch trying to fix something the day before, and I had the gate ratchet strap tied up. So there was no way to drop the gate. But the disappointment in her face when I told her I could not drop the gate, (laughs) and it was like, you're getting into this. You know, you've never gotten into hunting or any kind of anything that we, you know, like this. And she was like, I'm telling you now, drop that gate. Do not sit there goofing around. I'm like, Mama, it's not that I'm goofing around. I can't physically drop the gate. It won't allow me to because I broke the latch. I can't, I can't trigger the mechanism because it's tied up. But I think we are, we are right here at the end of this. We're going to wrap this one up. So, all right, man. Well, we had enough to catch up on some of your latest adventures and, and talk about a little bit of what's going on, what's coming up. And everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of I Know. God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southern air. Lord, to make you feel alright, I got the windows down. 
I got the radio on. 